I'm still in Lewis. Why? We're just waiting for doctors and stuff. You're just loving life so much that you're and thinking you yeah, want... Yeah, no, actually, sorry, yeah. No, I just like it here loads. <laughs> it's de- There's so much to do. Like, you can go to the beach, which I haven't done yet. Why have you not done that? Like, the beach is great. It's cold. It's really cold outside. No, but it's like a nice... It's like a nice time of the year to go to the beach. I'm probably going to go to the beach at some point, maybe, eventually. Maybe next year. I do understand your your point of view. I mean, Lewis is lovely. I, I do my annual visit, but it's an annual visit for a reason. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't live there. No. Uh, well, we just think, you guys all missed this because you weren't living with me. <laughs> but for, for last week, we didn't have internet. Oh, man, really? There was just none. Yeah. I had nothing. I had to rely on my phone signal, which is also bad. You, yeah, you were even when you're in Glasgow, your phone signal's bad enough. Yeah. What did you do all week? Well, luckily, we downloaded some some episodes of stuff on Netflix, so we watched some some of those, and we also just played Stardew Valley for hours. You played what? Stardew Valley. It's like the best Stardew game Valley. in all of history. So is it like Monopoly? Well, it's like a farming game, but also like <laughs> Minecraft, but pixels you're really selling me this it's like a 2d 8-bit and it's just adorable and, and heartwarming <laughs> seriously colin it's like cost 10 quid on steam a ten for whole some pounds. amount of dollars oh, man. 10 whole pounds and you will play this for years do you know what i played for the first time in six years because i i'm not really much of a gamer wait pac-man no no not quite so, oh, um duck hunt nope <laughs> sorry okay. what duck hunt okay you don't know what that is. I thought we were going to have to, to slap a rated 18 on this episode. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I actually got Football Manager for Christmas. Oh. The last time I played Football Manager. I'm so straight, by the way. I, last time I played Football Manager was 2013. <laughs> this one, yeah, 2019 version. Yeah? And, uh, Colin, so did I you d- play as the mighty Livingston Lion? <laughs> I did not. I played as the mighty Werder Bremen, who I'm going to go see. Did you play as the mighty Livingston Lion? Sorry, I'm, this is another tangent. Do it for me. Uh, the, the football team I've supported since I was a kid, I'm actually going to go see them in Germany before Brexit happens. How exciting is that? Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, but obviously no one else was, was going to come, so it's just me. <laughs> oh, well. It's fine. You'll have a good time. I'll learn lots of German. Anyway, yeah, so I played it for the first time in probably five years. And my first season, the board were like, right, Colin, we believe in you. You can get first place or maybe second. I got ninth. You got ninth? Oh, Colin. And the guy, at the end of the season, the board were like, we are deeply unhappy with your performance. And the, the squad all hate me, which is a new experience for me. I, I mean, I've never experienced that before. You usually are loved by the masses. You, I am usually loved by all. I mean, it, it's just... Did you keep your job? No, I've, I still have the job. But they basically said if things don't improve, then you're you're out the door. You're out the door, Colin. So I'm really under pressure. I mean, my my Wednesday nights have become very stressful. So how are you going to salvage the situation? <laughs> okay, back to reality. Is there a date for your return to Glasgow? Because I'm going to be off. No, nope. gallivanting around the the planet for the next wee while. I got no idea, Colin. Oh, James, but like, I'm doing my best. Not to be melodramatic, but Glasgow misses your presence. No, it doesn't. Well, okay, fine, I do. There, there we go. I'll be back. <laughs> Episode 154 of Seesaw Parade, 154th episode. We're doing good. It's a, it's a big one. I'm Colin and he is James. I am. He is very far away. I am. Uh, but... Wait, are you going to add an echo to that again? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. There we go. The echo is there in the first place, dear listener. We did not add it on purpose. 
we have asked you in the last week and from now on to get in touch via email, Twitter, Snapchat, at Seesaw Parade. You'll see my lovely face. Yeah, we've only been doing that for a week. <laughs> I know, but still. And what we want from you in particular, yes, you person who's listening right now, is to tell us what you've been watching. Yeah. And tell us an audio format. Yeah. If you want to email it, that's fine too. Call and read it. Because we are sick of hearing our own voices. We are. And so for the first time in, uh, well, the first review of what we have been watching is on its way. <gasps> Izzy sent in a review of a, a Netflix show, which I would like to discuss, but we'll get to that. But thank you, Izzy, for sending that in. Well, that is exciting. And uh, yes, please, I've been chatting to other people who say who say they're going to get some audio reviews over to me. Yeah. So let us know what you've been watching. It could be 30 seconds, could be a 90 seconds. Just send it to us because... You know, Seesaw Parade is is, is um, really throttling through its first season. We're halfway through the season one. Halfway through season one, everyone. So we got to, like, shake it up. Get your features in early. We're introducing new characters. That's what we're doing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now that everyone's got the established eyes, we surprise them with a new character. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, please do get in touch. Uh, James? Yes. Anything other? Is there anything before we dive into these Oscar nominations? Anything you'd like to add that I haven't said? I thought I lost a sock this week in the wash. You know how you always lose socks in the wash? Oh, I, I don't, but okay. Right, and then I found my sock because it's the one I've been using as as a microphone muffler. <laughs> so that when I say my plosives, it doesn't sound so bad. Well, see, I have a pop shield, which I do actually need to replace because it's been stuck on this mic stand so long. It's actually stuck is it, to, the, to the mic stand. Is it cemented on with Weetabix? It's, it's a mix of... Weedabix, uh, glue, and saliva. <laughs> and other t- substances. Yeah, no, so I don't have that with me and Lewis. So I've been using <laughs> right. a sock, which I thought was missing, and then I found it when I got the podcast gear out. I mean, and I just felt I felt like a big dummy. Socks in your bedroom are, are really used for other things, James, but uh, a mic sock it is. Yeah, your feet when they're cold. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's uh, dive into the Oscar nominations, one of my favourite times of the year, other than the actual uh, show itself, where we get to discuss all the things that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and we never will. Starting with Best Picture. Now, I'll just run down these names, and James, instead of telling the ones you haven't seen, tell me the ones you have seen, because I feel that'll be a shorter list. Okay, none. Okay, so Best Picture nominations for this year's Academy Awards are... Yeah. Black Klansman, Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, Ooh. The Favourite, Green Book, mm-hmm. Roma, right. A Star is yep. Born, and Vice. Right, I saw Black Panther. I forgot I forgot that film existed. It's so mediocre. <laughs> How on earth is that in Best well, Picture? Okay, wait, hold on. Award? We're going to get to that. Is that the only one of that list you've seen? Yeah, I've not been doing many oh, films James. this year. It's been a bad year, Colin. That's the, Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll, I'll let you off. You let me off. Thank you. I've seen all of them besides the two which are yet to come out yet. Oh, well done. Vice is out this Friday, 25th. Mm-hmm. And the Green Book, I uh, must be fairly shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Let's just discuss this first of all. Black Panther, how on earth has that been nominated for Best Picture? You know what? It's because they didn't get their new award out for the what was the most popular <laughs> yeah. film of the year most award yet. Most popular film award. Where they just like count how many tickets got sold and give it to Black Panther. <laughs> so they just put it in Best Picture instead. But it's... Like, that is, there's no way that's a Best Picture film. It's not exactly... I mean, first of all, the the Academy Awards, for those of you who don't know, used to be a maximum of five nominations for Best Picture. Yeah. Only five films could be nominated. Yeah. Then in the year that The Dark Knight came out and Heath Ledger won for Best Supporting Actor in his role as the Joker, which was deservedly so, the film Absolutely. missed out in Best Picture, despite the fact that it was clearly 
a contender for that year because they were they were limited to five films. It was a good year, and then they changed it because they were like, oh man, we probably should have uh, probably should have had that Dark Knight film in there. Mm-hmm. So Black Panther now has the uh, infamy of being the first comic book film to be nominated for Best Picture, but it's the wrong. Like, why that one? Because you're right, it was really mediocre. They just put the Dark Knight in this year. <laughs> Just like ten years later, it's way better. It's just, it was fine, it's but it's like a CGI a... fest. It was fun to watch. It had a nice little story, but yeah. it was nothing big. It had, a, I mean, the cultural phenomenon that came with it is undeniable. Yeah. It had a good message. It but... deserved its recognition. It was very, very easy to watch, but it was not like on par with any of these. Yeah, I mean, I would argue, and again, feel free to disagree. Except maybe Bohemian Rhapsody. I would argue Infinity War was a better film. Yeah. Would you agree? I agree. Ah, here we go. We agree on something. Nice. I think it's a bizarre inclusion, mainly because they felt bad that the whole most popular film, which they basically created to give Black Panther something, had to be scrapped. And so they're like, oh man, we have to recognize it somehow. Yeah. Chuck it in Best Picture. Yeah. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Maybe they should make it like a Best Supporting Picture award. <laughs> Right, the rest of the list. Let's get to them. Bohemian Rhapsody. Thoughts on that, James? Oh, I, I hear it's terribly overrated. It's overrated. That being said, Rami Malek as Freddie Mercury is also... Rami Malek probably deserves that. He's, he's brilliant in everything he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I reckon that he's got a better shout there than the film itself. Green Book and Vice I'm Yet to See. I heard good things about both, but again, neither strike me as, you know, real standouts. The favourite, as I said last week, is good... But it's more about the performances. Similarly to Bohemian Rhapsody, it's more about the performances than the film itself. Yeah. Which leaves Roma, A Star is Born, and Black Klansman. Roma. Black, it's, yeah, it's got to be Roma. Yeah. I mean, Black Klansman, I had a great time. One of my favourite films of last year. Uh, and it has a lot of kind of... Uh, it's, it's slightly meta in that it's, it's referencing today's issues, but it's set in the 70s or 80s. Yeah. And it's it's just very good. And Adam Driver is, is recognised for his acting uh, in another category. So it's it's good, but it's not Best Picture. Right. Which then takes it down to Roma or Star is Born. A Star is Born is excellent, but Roma is just better. Yeah, probably. <sighs> and it's more Oscar-y. Roma, and this is the other, the other issue. This is first... This is Netflix. It's their first... Best Picture nomination. Oh, wait, no, hold on. So that's the other issue. The Oscars won't give it to Netflix. Well, exactly. But... Yeah, Star Wars Barnes getting it. But it's Alfonso Cuaron. It's a cheesy musical thing. I know, I know, I know, but Roma is a... Now, I said this again. You can go and watch it on Netflix. Some of you will hate it and see and think it's the most boring thing you've ever seen, <clears throat> ML. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> other people, i.e. Chris Ward, Nick Sheridan, myself, thoroughly enjoyed it and thought... Wow, that was great. It's a slow, it's a very slow build. There's not, a, let's be honest, not an awful lot happens. Not a lot of action. But it's more about the story of the of the, this maid. Yeah, character driven. I think. You know what, you know what other film is character driven is Green Book. Because Vigo is a driver. It's had a bit of uh, a bit of controversy though, because the director oh, yeah? got his willy out a few years ago. Oh, I? Um, yeah, yeah, he had to apologize for it because he said he used to just, he just used to do it. Because why wouldn't he? But he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do it anymore, no. But he had to apologise for doing it. He's realised it's weird now. <laughs> yeah. I, it's down to Roma, A Star Is Born. I'm going to say A Star Is Born. I'll stick with Roma. Okay. Let's have a bit of a gamble. Right, we'll, we'll spend less time on, on the rest of these. Best actor. Christian Bale for Vice oh, as boo-boo. Dick Cheney. 
who he put on, I think, fifty pounds for this role, which is yeah, he like he he put on the weight himself, which <laughs> you know, good job, mate. But like, stop doing that, please. Bradley Cooper for Stars Born, Rami Malek right. in Bohemian Rhapsody, Viggo Mortensen, as you say, in Green Book, and Willem Dafoe for oh, man. At Eternity's Gate. And I've never heard of this good one. To see Mr. Willem on the list. It turns out he's he's playing Vincent Van Gogh in the last days of his life. All right. And I watched the trailer for it. It looks super weird because they're all just speaking in their American accents. All right. But uh, the praise has been pretty effusive for, for right. Mr. Defoe. Everyone's saying, wow, this is great. He's awesome. I've always had a wee soft spot for him. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Uh, be- I would be happy if most of these people won. I hope Rami wins, though. Yeah. I, it's between Rami and Christian. I mean, Christian, the Oscars love a physical transformation. And yeah, they do. He's done that so many other times for like The Fighter, The Machinist, American Psycho. Uh yeah, I think he's got a pretty good shout, but it'll be between him and Rami Malek, I th- would say. Wait, why didn't you put Batman on the list? <laughs> exactly, if they're going to recognise the Dark Knight. He became, a, he became a hunky bit of beef for that film. He did. Um, yeah, he did. Oh, well, that's a conversation for another day. The Dark Knight needs to be in the Oscars this year. <laughs> that's our campaign. Dark Knight for Oscars yeah. 2019. Yeah, best actress, Colin. Okay. Best actress, Yalitza Apricio from Roma. She is the mate. She's the... Uh, yeah. Turns out, by the way, I may have said this, she has no acting experience. She's actually a teacher. Yeah, she was just a teacher, yeah. Yeah, so Yalitza Apricio from Roma. Glenn Close for The Wife. She's been nominated uh, yeah. six times, has never won. Mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman for The Favourites, who's awesome. Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. And finally, her second nomination, Melissa McCarthy. Well done. For Can You Ever Forgive Me? Mm-hmm. Which is a good question, James. Can you ever forgive me? No. That's fine. I'm, I'm used to it now. Uh, Lady Gaga <laughs> uh, is the standout for me, but I haven't seen Glenn Close in The Wife. Right. I would have thought that you'd want Olivia Coleman to win. I would want Olivia Coleman to win. I just think Lady Gaga is going to get it because it's think, Lady right. Gaga. What about our, our maid, our teacher maid? Was very interesting. Well, I'll, I'll get to that. Melissa McCarthy, I find, is really interesting because she was nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie, which is the like rewarding the worst of the year. Yeah. On the same day, because she got a Razzie for her work in the Happy Time Murders. Do you remember that film? Oh. Like oh, that yeah. terrible. I forgot that film existed. Not Muppets comedy. Yeah, the Muppets for grown-ups. Yeah. I think yeah. So she won't get it. Yalitza Aparicio, she, uh, she's, she might get it, but she again, it's a Netflix film. There's other connotations to come with it. Yeah. And Glenn Close, because this is her literally her seventh nomination without winning, uh, I th- it's going to be between her and Lady Gaga. Olivia Coleman, she's got more time. Right. Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali, my boy mm-hmm. for Green Book. Adam Driver, Black Klansman. Sam Elliott, the actor with the best moustache in the history of the world for A Star Is Born. Oh, wow, yeah. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Sam Rockwell for Vice. He plays George Bush. And if you've seen his impression of George Bush, it's incredible. It's on point. Let's just play a quick clip of, uh, of Richard E. Grant's reaction when he found out he'd be nominated for an Oscar. I'm absolutely overwhelmed. 36 years ago, I rented this bedsit here, which was one room in Notting Hill Gate for 30 pounds a week, which is about $50. And I cannot believe that 36 years later, I'm standing here as an almost 62-year-old man having an Oscar nomination. <laughs> it's adorable. I, as much as that clip is lovely, I don't think he has much chance. Oh, dear. Sam Rockwell won Best Actor last year, so I'd rule him out as well. Okay, yeah. Sam Elliott, 
I think they gave it to him because he's an old dude and he's been around for decades and he has a good moustache. Right. Which leaves either Adam Driver or Marshall Alley. Yeah. It's got to be Marshall Alley, hasn't it? It's got to be Marshall Alley. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but ultimately, Best Supporting Actress, Amy Adams for Vice. Right. This is her sixth nomination. She's still never won anything, which is ridiculous. Oh, boy. Marina de Tavira from Roma, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, and then two from the favourite, Emma Stone, my cousin, and Rachel Weisz. <laughs> my cousin. This is a tough one. Yeah. Again, you've not you've not seen any of these films, so you, you can't really comment. Yeah, I can't talk to any of these. Right, Sorry, well, everyone. <laughs> I've let the podcast down. Can you forgive me? Um, it might well be another case of, hey, Amy Adams has been nominated a lot. She's never won. Let's give her something. In the same way they did with DiCaprio. Yeah, let's, just give her a, let's just give her that. Yeah. Because DiCaprio had been nominated so many times, including for Wolf of Wall Street, where she probably should have won. Mm-hmm. And then when he came out with The Revenant, they were a bit like, ah, oh, we should probably give it to Leo, shouldn't we? Yeah, I suppose. He tried real hard for that one. Lastly, best director. Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favourite. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Again, it's his first nomination, despite decades of awesome work. Adam McKay for Vice. He's been nominated more times than I can count. Right, yeah. Pawel Pawakowski for Cold War. Now, this was, I've, I've no idea. I think it's a Polish film, actually. All right. Oh, cool. Totally out of the blue. And then Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Yeah. Let's just say Alfonso. I think that's, I think that's best. I think that's Roma's best shout, actually. Yeah. Because it's more about you're giving the film to Alfonso, the man, as opposed to Netflix, the distributor. Yeah. Good point. Right. James, I've done too much talking. I want you to say stuff now. Well, I reckon that Best Animated Feature probably won't go to Disney this year, which is nice. Really? Well, like, you got Isle of Dogs on there. I, yeah, Isle of Dogs I really did like. I hope it goes to Isle of Dogs. It's probably going to go to The Incredibles too. Well, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is also on that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of animation, it yeah. was the most gorgeous. Yeah, and that's not Disney. Is it? I thought it was. I think it's Sony, is it not? Uh, yeah, I think uh, you're right, actually. Yeah, I'm wrong. I stand corrected. Woo! I did it. Okay. I did it, everyone. Let's talk about uh, John Wick 3. Leave Oscars for now. The Oscars ceremony, uh, I think, is in February. John Wick 3 has a trailer, its first one. So if you're new to this, John Wick is, feel free to disagree with me, James, among the best action films of all time. Absolutely. Okay. The first one is tremendous. The second one's also very, very good. Here's the trailer for the third one. Oh, here it is. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. And everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. And away we go. This looks tense. I was... Almost about to knock over the microphone. I thought you were about to say terrible. Tense, yeah, yeah. I can go with that. Tense. No, it does. And and I like the idea that we've got a whole bunch of different assassins doing their different things. I like that. It should be interesting. I want him to I, want, I do want Mr. Wick to live a happy long life though. It's not gonna happen. I want him <laughs> to live a happy long life, Colin. What I liked about and what I like about John Wick is that it has always kind of st- on the realistic side most of the time most in, of the time in, in the second one there was that scene with the like silencers oh yeah the, the gun the silence guns walking down a little corridor and that, that's not how silencers work <laughs> silencers don't just go pew, 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 pew. it's still a big bang it's just like non-damaging to your ears right fine well uh, let me rephrase compare it to something like james bond 
Yeah. Uh, it's much more grounded in realism. Yeah, it feels it feels like it could actually happen most yeah, of the time. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, which is why I think John Wick, worked, the first one, worked so well. And because it was kept really simple. Yeah. And the second one I did enjoy, but you're right, there was a little bit of kind of the stretching of the imagination. You got a wee bit over the top. This film, this trailer, as much as I am super excited for it, it looks great. Like at one point he's riding a horse down a street and I'm pretty sure he's like got a sword in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then Well that will come after the motorbike chase where he's getting chased by people with swords. So clearly he loses point, his motorbike but gains a sword and a horse. At what point during a fight with these like super talented, very shooty bad guys, do you suddenly go, you know what? What I need right now is a horse and a sword. A giant horse, which definitely can't just be stabbed by a sword. Exactly, or shot by someone with a handgun. Yeah, but maybe all the assassins in the world really respect horses. Are they playing a game of no guns, only knives and fists? Maybe, and or maybe they just all like horses. And then at the end of this trailer, which um, you can go and watch, you should go and watch, it's John Wick, Keanu Reeves, ty- uh, he's teaming up with Halle Berry yeah. and some attack dogs. Yeah, and she seems to live in the desert or something. <laughs> he's climbing a sand dune, and then there's dogs biting people, and... As much as I'm just like, okay, that's that looks great. I'm totally on board for this. Yeah. Is this the point where? Because this is obviously the end. This is the end of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Is this the point where the the series has jumped the shark? Maybe they jumped the shark. I hope not. Because that's what I like about. It. I like the fact that it's realistic. Or well, when I say realistic, I know it's a movie, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't go too wild. Yeah, exactly. Not yet. Whereas this just has hints of. But it probably has. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, why not? Can John Wick mount a horse and behead someone whilst galloping down a main street? But that is that's what sequels do. That's just what they do. Okay. We have to accept that. Fine. Second trailer to discuss this week. Uh huh. Spider Man: Far From Home. Now. Yeah, this is which has come out. The trailer's come out before we found out how Spider Man's back home. Exactly right. So, two two <laughs> things with this. This is the new Spider Man sequel, which is coming out after the Infinity War sequel Endgame. Yeah, and at the moment, in the current Marvel universe we live in, Spider Man is dead. Yeah, he's he's been turned to ashes. So what this. Uh, What's been said is that actually this trailer does not give away the date of when all this takes place. It might be before, it might be after. But I would say, I would kibosh that and say, well, clearly it takes place afterwards because why would you set a film before where you've seen him in Infinity War so there's no chance of him dying in this film if it's set before? Yeah, there's no risk. So clearly it's set afterwards, right? So we'll deal with that. That's dealt with. Let's have a listen to this. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? You don't want any part of this. Who is that guy? He's like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's not Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad? Jake looks great. Ah, he does. He does. He's magnificent. They, made, they managed to make Mysterio look pretty cool. And then he puts his fishbowl on his head and he still looks all right. I'm for this. For those of you who've, uh, who've missed that, it's Jake Gyllenhaal is the uh, the baddie. Or is he? In this new film, uh, playing the character. Or is he? Yeah, you're right. Or is he? He's playing the character of Mysterio. He shows up at the very end of this trailer. And uh, his character infamously wears a fishbowl on his head. But Jake yeah. actually... And how else are you going to fight giant water beasts he, if you don't have a fishbowl He actually head? pulls it off. Yeah, it looked great. I mean, he pulls off the fighting. Not, he pulls off the look, not the actual helmet. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the fact that Spider-Man's fat friend got shot by a dart and became unconscious really fast because that's just a movie gimmick that I really am growing tired of. 
And, and another gimmick that I'm growing tired of is Samuel L. Jackson sitting in the shadowy corners. That's what he does. Yeah, but I'm tired of it. Okay. I like this trailer. I like Jake Gyllenhaal's take on the character, and I'm li- I like that he was only brought in at the very, very end, as opposed to just like him dominating the entire thing. Yeah, film looks great. That, that being said, I do have a problem with the fact that you're releasing this trailer despite the fact Spider-Man's meant to be dead. And clearly, and clearly... This is taking place after Infinity. After Maybe the, it isn't, Colin. No, it is. It is, James. There's absolutely no question in my mind. Yeah, all the Avengers are dead, so like he's got to turn to Spider-Man for help. Right. I've got one other problem with the film. When Spider-Man's just chilling about in New York, saving the day in New York all the time, Like I'm okay with his classmates not working out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man. But when you're doing a tour of Europe, and Spider-Man keeps showing up <laughs> in all the different cities you're visiting, when he's usually in New York, yep. and Peter Parker's never there, when you're in these cities. I think all the classmates are going to have to work this one out or I'm going to hate this film. Yeah, there's a comment at the very end. Like, if at the end, if at the end, he's going to be, like, in front of all his classmates and they're just going to be like, all right, we know you're Spider-Man. That's cool. I'll be like, cool, well done, guys. But it's kind of like... None of the classmates know. I'm just going to be fed up. But it's kind of like when you're in school and all your other pupils are like, hey, why does Colin hang out with all the girls? And why does he have I Love Mark Begg scrolled in his art jotter? He's normal. And then, yeah, it's just normal behavior. It's kind of like when the first bear, like, started swimming in the ocean. All the other bears are like, what on earth is that bear doing? I think it's still a bear. And then the bear comes in and it's like, actually, I'm a whale now. (laughs) What? I tried to top your one. It was better. (laughs) Okay. Right, fine. Let's talk some other movie news. If- oh, wait, no, bears aren't whales. Bears are sea Stop lions. Stop what you're Sorry. <laughs> it went, I'm a sea lion now. And then they're all like, yeah, we knew. We saw Man. you in the ocean. Okay, right. Let's take control of this. That's the two trailers. Please feel free to disagree. Let us know. Before we get on to what we have been watching and what Izzy has been watching, uh, news in brief. Jason Reitman, who's the son of uh, film director Ivan Reitman, who famously directed the first ever Ghostbusters, the good one. says he's working on a sequel yeah. to the original film. Sequel to the good Ghostbusters is. What do you think? I like it. I mean, they must have been working on this for a fair long time. You know, they've had, they've had a long time to polish this one, so it should be good. Right. Gambit. Now, I can't believe in 2019 we're still talking about this. I think here he comes. we must have been talking about Gambit, probably the first like 10 episodes of this podcast. And here we are, probably 154 episodes, we're still talking about it. Channing Tatum, who is said character, is now in talks to actually direct the film because so many people have dropped out of directing the film. Yeah, and he's also written it, apparently. Has he? Yeah, something like that. Oh, my. <laughs> I hope he's getting paid triple for that. I mean, if this means an end... To covering Gambit stories, if this means the film actually gets shot and we never have to talk about it again, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Okay. Not talking about it. And last but not least, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them three has been pushed back. Ooh, which is interesting. Because the second one was like bad. The second film sucked. It did. They could have. And it definitely didn't live up to expectations. New. The first one I actually quite enjoyed. The second one you could have condensed a two-hour film into twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Like they did. They did so little in that time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the reaction was pretty poor. I think what's happened is that the uh, Warner Brothers, however many of them there are, I think there's four, have looked at the reviews. <laughs> I have no idea. There may there may well be more. Um, I've looked at the reviews and said, look, this one clearly didn't work. Let's refresh this script. Let's have a look at what went wrong before we dive into shooting another one. 
Yeah, you know, they're going to solve the hanging story arc of film two in the first 20 minutes and then actually do some fantastic beast stuff. Yeah, well, exactly. That was that was one of the problems. Wow, that sounded that dodgy, though. Fantastic Beasts number two barely had any in them. Yeah. Anyway. And also, this guy can't be the hero that saves the day because Dumbledore's got to do that. I don't get it. Who cares? <laughs> Not me. Okay, let's talk about what we've watched, starting with contributor number one, Izzy. Izzy, tell us what you've been watching this week. Yeah. So what I watched this week, I tried to finish watching You. Uh, you is a Netflix series based on the book by Carolyn Kepnes with um, 10 episodes and most of the episodes are shown through the point of view of Joe, who's the main character. Uh, he speaks um, about everything he's doing, so we basically hear his internal monologue, uh, a bit like Scrubs except a whole lot darker. Um, it's been called a trashy thriller, a postmodern horror and something that you won't be able to stop watching, except I stopped watching it. Uh, I didn't actually finish the series, I just googled the ending because I was getting bored of a whole lot of stuff. You is about a narcissist uh, or a borderline psychopath who basically thinks he's met the love of his life. She's called Beck. He basically stalks her so he can make himself the perfect guy. And then once he's in her life, he starts to get rid of anything that might stop them being together. And that includes uh, murdering a few people. And um, oh, the reason I stopped watching it was that for me, it just started getting ridiculous. I mean, there was a whole lot of the dangers of social media and all of that, which is fair enough. But other things like, uh, spoiler alert, uh, the bookstore basement doubles as a soundproof prison or a murder box. Um, if he wears a cap on his head, it makes him invisible to his supposed girlfriend, even when they're sitting like a metre away. And the amount of stuff he just gets away with um, just started to border on absurd so I'm quite glad I didn't watch it to the end. Um, the Googled ending that I read made me even more frustrated. But that being said, it has rave reviews everywhere you look. So f see, uh, feel free to give it a go if you've got nothing else to watch. I've not seen any of you. Have you seen you? I have not seen you. Have you seen you? I have not seen you either. Okay. <laughs> Izzy, thank you so much for that. I found that really interesting. Yeah, I probably won't watch you now. Thanks. I've seen you. Uh, sorry, I, we need to like clarify between you and you. No, it's fine. Just say it. People I've will seen, work it out. I've seen you plastered all over Netflix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I've wanted to click on you, but um, I've stopped watching. I, I, didn't, I don't want to watch you. It, you know, it's one of those ones that they've been trying to push real hard. Yeah, they've been trying right. to push you real hard. They have. And I mean, that's okay. I'm, I'm all right with that. You isn't going to land. Um, especially after hearing that review. Like, if you can get through that much of a TV show and then drop it, Nah, yeah. I'm not keen anymore. I would also second what Izzy's saying because I've seen reviews online of, certainly from friends of mine as opposed to actual reviewers, who have watched the series and just absolutely hated it, and but have done the opposite of Izzy and have been like, right, we're six episodes in, we may as well finish it, finish it, hate it, and uh, thank you for the swerve. I'm going to I'm gonna avoid watching that now. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. This is a, this is going to save me a lot of TV time, these reviews. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> exactly. If you enjoyed that, then please do tell us what you've been watching. Just use your phone. It's dead easy. You can do it. Yeah. And Did you watch you? Don't tell us about that. <laughs> tell us about something else. You has been reviewed. Uh, yeah. Please, please do send in stuff to seesawparade at gmail.com and I will harass you if you don't. Woo. James. Yes. Harass in a nice way, not in like an Alex Salmond way. James. Oh dear. Um, tell us what have you been watching this week? I, with my limited internet, managed to finish another anime series. Oh, what? 
another anime series. This one is called Cells at Work, and it is about cells in the human body doing their work. Is that is that genuinely it? Genuinely, it fought the main character's red blood cell. And she does what red blood cells do, but she's pretty bad at it. She gets lost a lot, and it's pretty adorable. Oh my. And then her like love interest slash potential just she's best friend ever, interest. yeah, is white blood cell. And he he goes about doing what white blood cells do, killing like all the bad things. And then there's like all the other char- like genuinely, I learned more about the human body watching this this anime than I did in my years of biology in school. Like, can I, I know things that I never knew. Can I just stop you there? This sounds like you're making up a TV show just off the top of your head. Is this an actual show? It's an actual thing and it is adorable. <laughs> it's one of the most wholesome experiences of oh, my life man. is watching this show. It's, it comes close to watching Bob Ross or playing Stargy Valley. You just say it's an out-of-body experience. Oh, no, it was in-body. Hey. So good, good, good stuff. Good, good, I, enjoyable. I, I, enjoyable. Yeah, I, I recommend this show. Okay. Just to, to wrap up this section, I finally finished watching The Good Place. Now, let me clarify. I did say I finished it the yeah. other week. It turns out there was one more episode. There we go. Uh, I did yeah. think the, the series had ended on a weird note. Now that I've seen the final episode, it did end very well. And uh, looking forward to seeing what season four has in store. It's There we go. It's It finished much more strongly than the rest of season three, which was kind of meh. Uh, Right, but it's 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 like really easily easy watching stuff. You can kind of just switch off mm-hmm. your brain. You can have it, have it on in the background. Yeah, it is what it is. Sounds good. Uh, but ultimately, I started the Punisher season two. Oh yeah, which has just dropped on Netflix last H- Friday. How's it going? I really liked the first episode. Actually, I've just literally just started it. I've finished Ooh. the first episode. Really enjoyed it. Quite kind of a slow burn. Right. But John Bernthal is a babe, and he was born to play that character. Yeah. Is there an overblown car chase? Actually, no, there isn't. Not yet. Cool. Uh, not yet. <laughs> we're, we're, we're holding our breath for that one. Uh, <laughs> it st- has started really well, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. I will uh, aim to get that done over the next week. Actually, no, that's not going to happen because I'm not <laughs> I'm not here. But uh, You're not here. We will do, I will do my best to, to, to get a few more episodes in. Fabulous. Lastly, uh, in terms of films, I have seen Mary, Queen of Scots which you may have noticed was absent from the Oscar nominations. Yeah, it was. Now, this is the film with Saoirse Ronan as said queen and Margot Robbie as Queen Elizabeth. Oh. It's it's fine, but Margot Robbie's accent is kind of like Windsor via Sydney. Oh. There's just a few lines where she slips back into her Aussie accent. You're like, oh, man. You're so close. Okay. You're almost yeah. there. That's a wee shame. Yeah, it is, it is a shame because it does, you lose a bit of what you're watching when you realize, oh, wait, that's just an Australian. Whereas Shursa Ronan's accent is basically perfect. And she is just a wonderful actress. Honestly, could watch her in films forever. She's amazing. Well, that's good. And she's 24, which is sickening. Yeah, she's probably going to be in more films then. <laughs> she is. And she's already won Oscars and she's been nominated for three. She missed out this time, I think, because the film as a whole just fails to hold water. It's just not quite right. It plays with some of the historical accuracy as well. It's quite long. And in the climactic meeting of the two queens, they're in a house full of all these like blowing, billowing sheets and they can't see each other. And they're like, where are you? And they're talking in metaphors and it's just shadow. You're like, okay, this would work for a stage show. It doesn't work for a film. Yeah. Because in reality, you would just be like, Elizabeth, pull the sheets down. I can't see you. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. It, and it was directed by Josie Rourke, who is a stage director. So I see entirely what she was doing. It just, no. On the screen, you're like, no, this this would not happen. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. If, you, if you've got a spare couple of hours and you like Shursa Ronan, go watch it. And David Tennant's very good as well. Oh, yeah. I like him. He's he's John Knox. Um, oh. So he's all the fire and brimstone and saying, Yeah. Why should we have a woman as queen? Oh, no, yeah, we should have a man as queen. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that brings us back to Rami Malek. Okay, hey. time is up, basically, James. But let's just talk really super quickly about... Let's just talk about Brexit. I don't care about America. Brexit is... Oh, I want to talk about one of the American things, oh, yeah. fine. Brexit. Yeah. Uh, tell me, what's your, your headline for this week? Uh, Dyson is, is leaving and going to Singapore. Dyson, who the, who the chief Mr. Dyson, said, oh, we got to do Brexit, it'll be good for everyone. Yeah, he's, he's now taking his HQ to Singapore. So pro, pro-Brexit Dyson founder James Dyson. Yeah. He just... He's sucked off to Singapore. Oh, there we go. He just happens to coincidentally be moving to Singapore. It's not got anything to do with the fact <laughs> that Singapore just signed a free trade deal with the EU. It's definitely got nothing to do with Brexit. It's just for future-proofing just, reasons, Yeah, future-proofing, right. Yeah, My future-proofing for Brexit. Of, uh, of our Brexit roundup of 60 seconds. It's Jacob Rees-Mogg saying the deal could be reformed. Oh, like it's a first-time offender. Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, the EU <laughs> send it to send it to Juvie for two days. Barlini, send the deal to Barlini. They'll sort it out. Um, the EU's negotiator Michelle Barnier says, "No, the EU has two choices." And I, I, I'm saying this verbatim: deal or no deal. There we go. So clearly, when, when she means like the the deal that Theresa May got or nothing. I just, but I just see Theresa May holding a box. Yeah. And Noel Edmonds being like, "I'm on the phone." I'm on the phone to the banker, and he's asked if you'd want to stay or do you want to leave. Hey, no. So, so that's that's basically it. Uh, Theresa May survived her no confidence votes, and nobody really has any clue as to what happens now. Oh no, the, the Europeans don't have to pay the sixty-five pound fee to, to oh, apply yeah. for settled status anymore, and I'm sure all the Brexiters in the world are going to love that one. Okay, let's finish up. Let's talk about America, James. What, what do you want to talk about? Well, so the Democrats are, are t- chatting about who they're going to run for the old president. and Yeah, they've got like eight candidates already. Yeah, and quite a lot of them are good. And then there's Kamala Harris, who's just like evil. She, Yeah, I, I was reading this, actually. She seems yeah. like a, a bit of a piece of work. She's pure evil. She just tries to load the prisons full of people so that the US gets free free workforces. Uh, she's voted against a number of LGBT uh, kind of... I was going to say, like, enthusiasm measures. That's not the word I'm looking for. Like, rules and laws to help the LGBT community just have a nicer life. Yeah. She's voted against those, and also she's uh, refused the rights of trans trans women to be in men's jails or vice versa. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she is one of the the candidates. So, boo you, Kamala. Kamala. But she's she's just going to try and do the whole, like political stuff and paint herself as a good guy yeah. get out of here you're evil i mean my other issue is that the election isn't for another 18 months yet why are we talking about candidates already well because they've got to figure out who the democratic candidate is going to be trump's going to stand obviously and trump's then the campaign again. yeah so the democrats have got to figure out who it's going to be and then the campaign for like a year <laughs> so i don't know i hope she doesn't get it i mean yeah great she's she's another she's a, she is a person of color but she's not doing her people or her i think Whatever district she was in charge of, 
just ended up with everybody in prison, basically. Because she just clamped down on everything and overloaded the prison just so that she could get free number plates made. Yeah, okay, just to finish up, you just mentioned prisons there. One last thing you should all go and watch on Netflix is called The 13th. It's a documentary on the prison system in the States. It's super interesting, very depressing. Yeah. Go watch it. And then you realise that most of okay. the politicians in the States are just evil. And so is life, James. Life is evil. No, it's not, Colin. <laughs> Life gave us things like dogs. And cereal. Oh, and our podcast. <laughs> yes, it did. And endless supplies of discounted mini eggs. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Tesco. Oh, oh yeah, I'm here. I've, I've like stashed my cupboards already. It's great. Are you going to try and sell them in June? <laughs> <laughs> no, I learned from my rice skills debacle. I'm not going to stash them. Literally just for my own consumption. And the dentist can go move to Singapore. <laughs> Join Dyson. Yeah. Because, because Man, I don't all care the rich folks just flying their businesses everywhere they want to, leaving us all Brexit and whatnot. I know. Ugh. Right, James, time to go. I will see you very briefly, I think, uh, midway between Rome and Dubai next week. Yeah. Until next week, then, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. See you. Bye. 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 Bye, Keanu. Bye, Keanu. Bye, his horse. Bye, Jake. Jalen Hall.